Welcome to the VoxGig podcast. We talk to people in the developer community about developer relations, public speaking, and community events. For more details, visit voxgig.com slash podcast. All right, let's get started. Sometimes in your career as a programmer, you get to work with somebody really amazing. For me, that person is a former colleague, Matteo Kalina. Matteo is the maintainer of a whole load of open source in the Node.js community. Uh, but you may know him from a particularly great project, which is Fastify, which is one of the fastest web servers written in Node.js. Matteo has just launched a startup, Platformatic. And in this podcast, we talk about his approach to developer relations, how he has used his legacy in open source to build an audience for the startup that he has just created. We talk about a key strategy for building a developer community, which is to have a really, really good plugin model. I know this sounds like a technical solution to a people problem, but sometimes solving people problems involves having a good technical foundation. Plugins allow you to create a community because it enables ease of contribution. We then talk about one of the trickiest things to get right when you're building developer relations, which is where to put the developer relations team. Do they report to marketing? Do they report to the CTO? Do they have their own little department? We get right into all that stuff. We also talk about a tricky little subject, which is something that I've had a trouble with in the past, which is that all the other developers in your company look at everybody in the developer relations team and see them having great fun at conferences. How do you deal with the professional jealousy that that causes? And finally, we conclude with a few little tips about how to survive at conferences. In particular, Matteo has this really cool technique, which he calls sailor sleeping, which if you speak at conferences, you're going to find really, really useful. And so without further ado, let's get started. Matteo, it is great to have you on the VoxGig podcast. Welcome. Tell us about Platformatic, your new startup. Hi, Richard. I am so happy to be uh, here with you. I've been watching what you've done with uh, Vox Gig for the last few years. And look, it's, uh, it's kind of amazing. So I really Thank wanted to, to join you, to join and uh, share a little bit of uh, what I'm doing. Um, so uh, what uh, what is Platformat? This is a good question, okay? So I've been working as, as a consultant for uh, maybe most of my career. And uh, I am doing the jump of uh, uh, each consultant uh, wants to do or dreams to do, moving from being consultant to a consultant to build a product. Yes, I know. <laughs> oh, you know, very. I know, I know. you know. And, you know, it's that's why it resonates, and really wanted to be here with, uh, to be here with you. So I essentially took uh, my learnings uh, of uh, quite a few years of consulting work, and uh, look at what were the problems in the market and so on and so forth. And started to condensate uh, the learnings that myself and my co-founder had, uh, Luca, in Luca Maraschi, in uh, in a new uh, in a new product. So it's I'm pretty excited because we just shipped our first uh, open source bits. So yes. I'm very yes. um, I'm very very excited about about this stuff. So it's uh, it's a good time to talk. 
So uh, what do we do? Um, we help um, companies uh, and we help developers really remove all the friction from backend development. Essentially, they need to develop new APIs and if they want to integrate new components and stuff, uh, we want to them to just focus on the, the, the business logic that makes their product special and not waste time in uh, doing repetitive tasks or repetitive chores. Um, like um, we will go from, you know, exposing, uh, automating the uh, building of uh, CRUD-like API, create, read, update, uh, delete uh, style of APIs to um, later on, um, you know, uh, some level of platform engineering and automated deployments and provide a full-blown, full, a complete solution that can be used to um, speed up the uh, development of uh, API and APIs and backend components. So the, the, the way that you're going to approach the market is, is what I think is really cool. Um, you've put a lot of years of effort into open source. Um, yeah. You're one of the core node JS contributors. Um, Fastify API server is kind of cool, very fast. Um, so in a, in a way, this is not advice uh, to people listening to, uh, you know, here's how you can do this in six months because you spent eight years investing. <laughs> um, but I, I guess it shows the value of a long-term investment in open source, right? Yeah, essentially this is the last step of a long journey in building open source components. So um, uh, back in uh, uh, 2016, this is a long time ago. Okay, uh, you were still with Nearform, Richard. So you know, yes, I was, yeah, I was wow. with Nearform. You were with Nearform. A long time ago. It was actually a long time ago. Okay, um, I have uh, I created uh, Platformatic. Now, sorry, Platformatic. I created Fastify. Fastify is a, a new. Um, uh, Fastify is a, a, an API framework for for Node.js. Now it's part of the OpenJS Foundation long, long time ago. And uh, this is now exploded, like it has $3 million per month, something like that. I'm very happy about it. Very nice. Yes, it's, very nice. It, it grows magnificently. <laughs> and this is really great. And uh, it has a lot of different companies collaborating and maintaining it and moving it forward and pushing it up. It's phenomenal to see. Uh, we did a few releases recently, and it was like uh, maybe 17. There were 17 collaborators to a release. Like, it's incredible. Most of uh, with ten with new people, like it's mind blowing. Have you guys set up like a proper, uh, you know, committee to run it and all that sort of stuff? Uh, we we have a group of maintainers. Yeah. Then we have uh, uh, we have a we have uh, essentially uh, uh, three kings of the project that uh, can um, essentially make the decisions and have admin power, veto power, and everything. So um, it's almost a, a three-headed constitutional monarchy at this point. You're not. I, uh, you're, you're not. Um, you're not. You're not being inspired by your Italian heritage, triumvirates, and all that sort of stuff, are you? No, <laughs> we will do for people eventually. Well, it's it's on my to do list to do to move to a uh, full uh, um, uh, technical steering committee model. It's okay. already happening, to be honest. So it's just a matter of uh, me writing the bylaws or copying uh, the bylaws from now. Essentially, you're the uh, lawgiver. Very good. That's it's, a very um, serious business. You you have to you have to create laws that sustain an open source culture. Ah, uh, look, it's very 
weird, okay? Um, being part of the Open Jazz Foundation helps a lot. So whenever, when, once you start up, once you start your open source project, it becomes attracting a few collaborators and stuff. Moving it to a foundation like OpenJS is actually great. So that it helps, it helps quite a lot on, um, uh, on those kinds of things. Like there are templates for all, for all the stuff. Yes. So, yeah. You can take a template and you're good, essentially. So, and they are proven by hundreds of thousands of, um, Hundreds, thousand, no, but hundreds of open source projects already. So it's uh, they work very well, or at least they work. It's very well. We're still improving our stuff, but they work. What did you learn about um, develop? You're selling to developers in in your new company and developer relations, which is kind of my my new interest. Uh, is is something that I'm keen to understand how people use it. Um, but how did you experience or handle? developer relations and maybe you didn't even use that term from the open source maintainer perspective because you know people get very stressed about it sometimes and it's difficult okay it's very so okay let's uh, classify it a few bits so yeah. there's fastify and then there is my new company platform added. those are two separate things fastify is an open source project uh, is part of uh, the open source foundation platformatic is a company and also an open source project uh, but it's uh, fully governed by the platformatic incorporated our company. Ah, yes. Okay. So this, the there, is a, there is a very important point. distinction to be yes. done here. Yeah. So the first one is so once you are doing the uh, you're setting up your project. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about what platformatic does. Okay, uh, platformatic does uh, basically is the cherry on top of all the work that I've done in the last. Uh, all open source stuff that they've done in the last few years. Um, essentially, uh, as I said, we want to remove all the friction and create a more opinionated way to do things um, on top of the Node.js and Fastify ecosystem. So uh, we package things up in a way and provide solutions to common tasks, to common uh, uh, to common things. We just open source our first component called Platformatic DB. It takes um, a SQL. Uh, database and it automatically creates uh, um, REST and GraphQL APIs from it, uh, like other tools uh, that are in the market. Unlike other tools, you can actually completely customize it and script it by using Node.js. So the, all of this is just based on Node.js and Fastify. Fastify is based on, on a, a, a phenomenal plugin architecture. It was totally inspired by Seneca, your your framework. <laughs> so, thanks. So that, yeah, because I've I've yeah, and my my plugin architecture is a bit rusty, so I must. Uh, I mean, <laughs> rusty as in broken. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but it was, was I would say it was actually very deeply inspired by it. Okay. Also, I must have a look there. Maybe maybe I can maybe I can copy. It's yeah, you can actually by... lift. You can possibly there is a it's a separate module even, so you can even. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So it's yeah. it's called Davio. The module is called Davio. You might even lift it off. It just does all the things that you need, essentially. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, uh, basically it's all based on this uh, plugin system, and therefore you can uh, uh, and therefore you can actually extend it, modify it, add more things, add more routes, add more resolvers, uh, change the GraphQL schema, add uh, uh, all sorts of things that are missing in the system. Okay. So it has endless. Um, place. It's completely pluggable. That's what. That's the gist of. Was the, the, was, the was the existence of a plug-in architecture important? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like it solving that problem was 
super important and critical for uh, both for both uh, uh, for 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 the fastify success and now for platformatic too like if platformatic will not exist if it wasn't for um the plugins are the, the kernel around which the community forms because people decide to write plugins I guess. pretty much so fastify has more than 250 plugins now and uh, basically by building something that is very small well smallish okay and uh, uh, making it completely pluggable so um, people can actually express their creativity while um, they can express their creativity create new things with it uh, without in day, um, increasing too much the maintenance burden on on the product yeah. and we took these lessons in in, in platformatic and uh, um, we went one step further okay and says, well, what, uh, what, what if those plugins could actually be, you know, uh, mini apps or complete systems that you could uh, add into your um, uh, in your deployments, okay, in your in your work? So how can how can we make it taking one step up and make sure that there are um, pre-made components that are already written by somebody else or automatically generated that you don't even have to write or maintain? Which is, you know, a line of code that I don't have to maintain is a great line of code. Exactly. So. And these are reusable, okay? So, yeah. So, the, the generic bits, so the, the, the way components, the way uh, uh, we are working with Platformatic, everything is a Fastify plugin at this core. So, you could even decide, oh, we have Platformatic DB. Platformatic DB, in reality, is a connection, collection of Fastify plugins. And some of those plugins, and you can just use those plugins yourself if you want. So you could just take, oh, I want to expose uh, these uh, four database tables as my uh, REST and, and GraphQL, REST or GraphQL and points, do that, and then build a completely different application next, next to it. Okay. Here's a challenge uh, that I've had. I'm interested to hear how, how you are addressing this one. Um, so you have a team of developers in Platformatic now helping you build the system. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we okay. do. So uh if you've started an open source project if you've worked on uh open source projects that are platforms like node.js um you learn to take a platform perspective on things you, you understand that every decision means a lot right you have to think about backwards compatibility um i've always had a lot of challenge challenges when i try to onboard developers to uh, communicate the, the thought process, platform thinking, thinking about respecting existing users, thinking about future user ah. sensibility, because a lot of developers just want to solve the problem in front of them, yep. uh, which is, which is absolutely correct in normally. That is, don't waste time and money, right? Solve the problem. <laughs> um, but I, I've always struggled to, to uh, teach platform thinking. Ha, OK. So I have a superpower. Okay. I am hiring people from uh, the open source community. Ah, yes. I am cheating badly here. So if you just hire people from the open source community, I, I've done a, um, a few phenomenal hires of people that were already part of the community maintainers themselves. So, and that was phenomenal in there. It worked beautifully. 
Okay. Yeah. And I, and, and then you already get, you already have people who have experienced those, that, those challenges who've had to think about those problems. Pretty much. Yes. Um, the other bits, the other big, um, the other key things that I've, I've done in starting my new team, it's again, let's, let they say do unscalable things when they yeah, start a yeah. new company. Right. So what I did essentially, I, uh, opened my address book and I uh, hired all my, and I had a lot of ex colleagues. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and ex colleagues are amazing. Okay. You work with them before somebody yeah. else pulls no. them from you, yeah. uh, from, from the company you were working. You probably know them very well. They know how they work. They know how they think and they know you and you already have a high bandwidth channel, uh, channel created, created. So you could, literally ask things out very quickly yeah yeah it's good to cheat that's how you win oh big time like again i am uh, look it's uh i am uh, literally uh, i've learned quite a uh, quite a few things on uh on uh on my journey in the air firm uh talking about cheating and uh, um you know it's uh, one of the most important lessons is how to build a global business, okay, and uh, have high people scattered across the globe. So yes, you, it's um, yeah. I, 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 it makes you stronger, right? It makes you, it makes you significantly, significantly stronger, not and just strong. And then the other side, I, the other side of this, um, which I think helps you, is all of the work that you've done, um, speaking at conferences and generating. Yep content and all that sort of stuff. Are you going to yeah. continue that strategy? Is that a formal uh, strategy? So this is the second step, okay? So um, in order to promote to developers, you need to promote it where they are and you need to talk to them where they are. And there are two, essentially two kinds of uh, developer relations strategy that a company can apply. Um, what Platformatic is looking for is usage and feedbacks. So that's what we go to conference, event, and speaks and promote our stuff. Um, the other one, and this is also uh, also va valuable, is for hiring and talking to developers because yeah. you need to hire them. Both of those strategies are good developer relation strategies, and that should be owned by the developer relation team in your company if you have if if you have a bigger company. Okay, not just a startup of a few people because if you are just a if if your number is under ten, you you know everybody is doing everything. So yeah, yeah. and you know that very well. Richard. Oh yeah, Sorry. yeah. <laughs> you know it's uh, I I I won the title of uh, um, chief of boxes recently, so I was the one that needed to pack the boxes uh, to ship. It's got to be done. It's got to be done. Yeah, it's got to be done. And you know it's the box stops here. So if I if it's me, it's me. <laughs> like it's not many other people. Like, there is another one person that. We can talk about, but if, if I have the stuff to be sent in locally, that's it. Well, I think I, I think as a, as a leader, you, you are you familiar with this concept of the, the leader as servant, right? Yeah, that that's the your job is actually to do the shitty jobs. So yeah, pretty much. Pretty pretty much. As a leader, you do the shitty jobs more or less. So uh, a lot of people don't get that, by the way. So it's uh, no, no, it's um, yeah, because you're you're creating. When you do that, you create in, intrinsic motivation in, in people in the company. They, you shouldn't have to force people to work, right? Yeah. Well, you should want to because they, 
not because they enjoy it. Work is not meant to be fun, right? Work is work is work, but because it's it means something. Yeah. Well, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, it, 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 it's always going to be a challenge, and it changes um, as as you go through platformatics journey. Uh, at different levels, different numbers of people. It's you have a lot of fun ahead of you, Mateo. <laughs> a lot of fun. Oh, I am. Um, I can't wait. So now here's I, I, here's a here's a here's a question for you. Just going back to company design. Okay. Yeah. Developer relations. Is that done by all of the developers as part of their job? Is it done by a special team? Ha, these reports, is... Does it report to engineering? Does it report to marketing? Reports to engineering. First, first thing. Reports to okay. engineering. Okay, if it doesn't report to engineering, it's marketing, and it's a different thing. Okay. Fundamentally, it's if it reports to marketing, it's wrong. Now, the key challenge of in a large organization of reporting to engineering is budgets and budget allocation. Um, developer relations is a very much a money intensive thing, and typically engineering teams don't have that much money. So um, this is the challenge and why somebody wants to put them in marketing. So they are better suited in marketing, in engineering than marketing, but I can see as they are their own independent thing um, because mostly it would be better from a budgeting perspective. Okay, so um, I, I, it's a discussion in the, in the developer relations community, you know, whether it belongs in marketing or, or engineering. And a lot of people favor marketing because the budget is easier to access. It's much e much easier to convince the CMO to spend 20K sending a team to a conference than the CTO, right, in a traditional organization. Well, uh, that's the so this is the fundamental challenge. And I would say that if it's CTO don't get it, they're probably getting developer experience completely wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then, then they're probably VP of N, not not CTO, really. Yeah, but still, it doesn't matter. You know, it's uh, um, it also depends. It depends on who are you, why you're doing it. Okay, if you are, um, why you're doing developer relations. So, if you're doing developer relations for um, talking to clients, so you, as I said, there are two two broads. One is selling to developers. Okay, promoting some tools and technologies. The other one is recruiting. Those two things can be intertwined, but typically when you set up on a goal, you do one or the other. Okay, when you go, when you have a piece uh, of content that you are producing, you are either uh, pitching for for, for uh, users or um, uh, uh, for hiring. Okay, there's typically either one or the other. Now, in each cases, if if you're building, if you want to, uh, if your users are developers, of your product are developers, and uh, it's essentially the CTO job to sell to them, okay? It's not the marketing job to sell to those people. It's the CTO job. Correct. And at the same time, if you are hiring for developers, your uh, is the CTO job ultimately to hire them. So from my point of view, it's actually both of those are the CTO jobs and not the CMO. Even if the CMOs has more money, and the fact that, and this is fundamentally the tension of uh, um, uh, that this creates. Yeah, it's uh, it, it 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 it's an interesting challenge because where where does 
developers don't respond as well to traditional marketing in the first place. So yeah. your organization design when you sell to developers um, is different. Is the city, essentially your CTO is your CMO? Effectively, yeah. Effectively, and you have to be uh, Werner Vogels. I think in in Amazon is kind of a good example, right? Um, in that well, Amazon, I, does it. Amazon have a CMO? I don't. I don't even know. No, I don't think so. Right, he is the CMO effectively. Yeah, well, he is again. I think they have some companies, some larger company. The developer relations unit is essentially its own reporting line. Now that's another structure. That's that's another structure which appeals to me is that it's it's an entirely new part of the business. It uh, is, and a few com- I have seen quite a few companies uh, having, uh, for example, VPs of developer relations in it. So let me look it up. I, I, I just don't want to misname companies, so I'm just looking up of uh, uh, on LinkedIn. So uh, on that basis, I have a, uh, a difficult question for you, which and this is something. Yeah, I like for example, a company that does that is Netlify. Netlify as a VP of Developer Experience. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, because it's a critical function of the company. So it has to be. Yeah, it has to be. I have a difficult question for you, Mateo. Yeah. And I know we've both experienced this, uh, which is jealousy. When you have an organization where you have line of business developers who are building the product, doing the consulting work, whatever, and then you have a separate team or unit that does developer relations, and the line of business developers look at the the developers in developer relations, uh, those guys are going to conferences and they have fun stuff on their Twitter and they're coming home with new t-shirts. <laughs> and, you know, t-shirts are cheap, but you know, swag is important. Um, and they're getting all the fame and respect. Um, you have a difficult political situation to manage. Ah, uh, don't tell me. You know, I know that very well. Yeah. Okay. So how do you, what, what do you do? I never solved that problem, by the way. I, I, no, I think I, I think I did after you switched to uh, you switched uh, you left near form. Okay, I think I cracked like I solved that for near form. Yeah, talk about that. Okay, uh, at that time, so the I think the solution uh, for our I think the solution the tip, so there are two solutions here, two ways to to solve this problem. The first one is. Um, First of all, transparency. So show how much work there is. Like the the typical working hours when you are traveling or at a conference is uh, 16 hours a day. Yeah. yeah, it's hard work. So, and then that's get, that gets bad, okay? It's most people when realize how much work that is going to conference, oh, but that's not fun. No, and, and then your family misses you, right? And then the family miss start missing you big time, okay? So this is another really much fatigue. And uh, it's, uh, so that those are essentially the, the down, so show the downsides of the, they might project an image on social media of fun and whatever. Reality is a huge load of work, Yeah. okay? Uh, then the second thing that you can actually do is um, uh, create revolving doors for people to try doing that. And then when they try and, you know, uh, don't do a good job about it, 
they um, realize that oh yeah no this is art let's leave that leave leave this to people that wants to do yeah. this kind of life and job and yeah you stay, stay at the stand stay at the stand every day uh, you know for 10 hours at the conference talking to random people <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. That's typically that that, that remove, and you don't need to do it for a lot of people. But then you just do it for ten or twenty or a small population of the conference. Then whatever voice of oh, you are doing, uh, uh, you're just having fun. It just completely disappears. Basically, you just put people on the um, uh, make people mend the rules, make people talk yeah. to devs all the time. And all the things that they need to remember, all the things, the way they need to pitch things, and so on and so forth. Yeah, it doesn't go well. It's not yeah, easy. and it's it, and it involves a lot of people work as well, which is very exhausting, very tiring, it's super exhausting. You remember one time we 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 were at a conference in San Francisco, I think, and uh, I was supposed to meet you. Yeah, I, I just I fell asleep. Ah <laughs> uh, man, don't don't. You were don't. Funny going, Where are you? I was like, oh. I, Sorry, I was I was asleep. <laughs> uh, don't worry. I uh, look. I am um, unfortunately famous between friends, uh, tech friends of me um, falling asleep, in randomly falling asleep uh, at uh, uh, if uh, you know uh, at worship uh, worship that I'm not presenting or meetings when traveling and so on and so forth. Like literally, I in want a meeting. Be, okay. Uh, look, I at some That's point. That's the next I, level up, today. Uh Look, I literally cried. Like uh, my brain stopped functioning, and uh, I. Um, but somebody was was uh, completely. Um, uh, this happened also, it very recently, and uh, it was just like um, I. And very often, I have a technique to keep uh, 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 keep being awake by not being awake or something. Okay. okay? So I, um, uh, I I close my eyes and I really focus on the voice of the people speaking. However, just closing off the, the eyes um, helps me um, essentially deeply focus only on that. So I can jump back into the discussion without uh, um, uh, uh, even if it's, you know, I was essentially in a state of rest physically. Yeah, you reduce the bandwidth. There was sense. Yeah, pretty much. So I reduce the bandwidth to the bare minimum, and then I can keep that going. And while having the rest, uh, uh, the, the, you know, um, not caring about my body or my on on what I'm seeing and so on, just focusing on the voice, especially on high talk meeting. This is actually very useful. Yeah, um, it's uh, they call it the um, uh, sailor's sleep in. Uh, in uh, in uh, in Italy or my family and whatever, it's uh, it's something that uh, you know I learned from my dad and my family. We we've, we've been sailing for for a long for for all our lives. So uh, okay. basically, you know, when you are on a boat, okay, yeah. and you always want to um, rest, um, being aware of your surroundings, because you always need to react. To yes, you need to be able to jump on it if something happens. So even if you're sleeping, you are not off. So you can like a you know, cat. You have to, yeah, like a cat. Wow. Jab, jab. Yeah, like a cat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's a, an interesting skill. I, I suppose you have to practice it from 
when you were a child, maybe? I I don't, to be honest, I don't remember, but yeah. yeah. I, so okay. it's, it might just be um, uh, something you're born with or something that uh, you see others do and then you know what it is. And you can learn. Okay. Yeah, interesting. I might try that all the same. Uh, the the bandwidth reduction. That's a good idea. It's uh, look. It's just literal. Yeah, that it, that helps me a lot because otherwise, uh, when traveling, it will be impossible for getting things through. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It is. Well, that's that's a really good um, piece of <laughs> developer relations conference advice to finish on. Um, Matteo, it's been great talking. Good to catch up. Uh, Platformatic uh, looks really, really cool. Um, I might, I might start annoying you with bug reports down the road. Oh, big time! You know, you, if you want, if you want a demo, whenever you want, or if anybody in the room want uh, that's listening to this want a demo, please reach out. Absolutely, and we'll put the URL and all that sort of stuff in the show yeah. notes. So. Cool, Matteo. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, Richard. Okay, you can find the transcript of this podcast and any links mentioned on our podcast page at voxgig.com slash podcast. Subscribe for weekly editions where we talk to the people who make the developer community work. For even more, read our newsletter. You can subscribe at voxgig.com slash newsletter or follow our Twitter at voxgig. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.